Alright, good. Turn to Proverbs chapter number 3. As uh, Dave quoted, he quoted Proverbs 3 verses 1 through 12. And that's where we're going to spend our time this morning. We are actually in our ninth week of life hacks. And so in this uh, series, we've just kind of been jumping around in Proverbs back and forth. And I had many, many people uh, last week after Tyler preached ask me, why did you assign that particular topic to Tyler? And my answer was, I did not assign that. He chose that topic and that chapter of Scripture. And I will say, I, I said Wednesday night, so this is also an encouragement. If you didn't know, we have Bible study every Wednesday night. You're welcome to join us. And uh, I said to the group Wednesday night that uh, that message last week was by far in the history of Hallmark Baptist Church the most prayed about message uh, from your staff as any message ever in the history of the world, all right? Because we, uh, we knew this, the subject and the chapter probably about, I don't know, four months ago. He picked Proverbs chapter 5. We all know what Proverbs chapter 5 is deal with, and we all know Tyler really well. And so we've been spending months praying for Tyler. Didn't he do a great job? And uh, yeah, go ahead. You can give him a hand. So I appreciate uh, appreciate Tyler and again just the willingness to preach the text um, and I appreciate that he was faithful to the text but as we think about and, and by the way many of you have watched it online I would encourage you if you haven't gone online to watch it you weren't here last week to go and watch it if you watch it for nothing else there's a quote in there that uh, probably was the most quoted of the whole day and that was that there's no room for Jesus in spandex alright you guys remember that I don't even know what to say, Tyler, but it was great. So we'll move on. But as similar to chapter 5 and chapter 3, as you see in most of the first nine chapters of Proverbs, it's a conversation that we get to, to read, we get to be a part of. It's a conversation of a father to his son. <clears throat> and just as it was in Proverbs chapter 5 that we learned last week, the, the, the father was encouraging, challenging, teaching, training, however word you want to use, the son to remain pure before marriage, then he was also challenging, encouraging, teaching for him to be pure in marriage. The same is, is here this morning. We're going to see a, a conversation between a father and a son. In the first four verses of Proverbs chapter uh, 3, you really see just kind of boiled down to uh, really this one thought that the father is again encouraging the son to listen to my words and follow my words. How many of you have ever gotten really good advice, but failed to take the really good advice? And, and you know, you, you've heard the statement that smart people learn from their mistakes, but wise people learn from others' mistakes, right? And, and so the, the father here, and again, Solomon is the father writing to the son, and Solomon, the father, was not... In, Specifically, we're talking about Proverbs chapter 5 last week. Solomon didn't listen to his own advice in many cases. Just because he gave the advice didn't mean he listened to his advice, right? And um, as a father, for you fathers out there, have you ever given really good advice that you didn't heed yourself? Yes or no? Yeah. So this advice that he gives in the first four verses, and we're going to take time to read the first 12 verses, but in the first... Four, it really talks about, so listen to what I say, I'm giving you good advice. And it's an interesting chapter, especially the first uh, 12 verses, that you get this 
kind of um, back and forth. You're gonna, we're going to read like a command, and then we're going to read the reward for that command. And remember in Proverbs that, that Proverbs is a book of principles, so truths that are generally true, not necessarily promises, right? So we, we said Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, train up a child and when he is in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Generally, that's a principle of Scripture, but it's not a promise, okay? Your, your child still has to make a decision, their own decision, whether they're going to follow God or not. You're responsible to raise them, to train them in the way they should go, and generally, as a rule, the principle is if you train them right in Scripture to know God, then they're going to follow God. But it's not a promise, okay? Because God doesn't break His promise, does He? Now, we're going to read all these this morning. You're going to, you're going to see we're going to get a command, and we're going to get a general reward if you follow said command. All right? So watch how it kind of goes back and forth here. Verse 3. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my law. Let your heart keep my commandments. That's the command. Obey. Follow the word of God. The reward for length of days and long life and peace shall be added to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart and find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Verse 5. Again, command. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. Reward. He will direct your paths or make your paths straight. Verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Command, reward, it will be helpful to your flesh and strength to your bones. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Command, then reward, verse 10, so your barns will be filled with plenty, your vats will overflow with new wine. Verse 11, my son, do not despise the chasing of the Lord, nor detest his correction. Again, command, Verse 12, for whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as the Father, the Son, in whom he delights. The reward there is that you know God loves you if he chastens you. All right, so let's, we're going to walk through these, all right? So there's four commands that we're going to look at. If you have your bulletin, you can get it out, and let's look at the, the very first one. All right, get your bulletin, get a piece of paper. At the top of the bulletin, it says, again, what we've already mentioned, the Father makes another appeal for the Son to follow his commands. That's really verses 1 through 4. And again, back and forth, you see the command, you see the blessing of following and obedience to the command. The command, the blessing for obeying the command, all right? So number one, trust the Lord yourself. Trust the Lord, not yourself. Trust the Lord, not yourself. And I, w- I wonder, what, what does trust mean? We, you know, we, uh, on, on uh, Facebook this week, I asked you guys to... Um, tell me what. I just really just put on my, my status, I put, um, what does it mean to trust God or define trust God? I think is exactly how I worded it. And, and let me read for you a few comments, all right, that you guys being so brilliant gave to me. Complete dependence. Okay, de- definition of trusting God. Complete deten- dependence. Anxious for nothing. Confident expectation that he is true to his promise. What a great thought. Confident expectation that he's true to his promise. Someone put scripture. Answer a question with scripture. I don't know. Hebrews 6.18. So God has given 
both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, he who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as he is hold to the hope that lies before us. Then they made this statement, it is impossible for God to lie. So I can trust what God has said because guess what? The Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. Uh, it's my next step. To receive life is to trust. Peace. To know that he sees the whole picture and always has your best interests at heart. Well, this is a tough one, isn't it? It's easy to trust God when life is good, isn't it? It's easy to trust God when everyone's healthy and, and, and there's money in the bank and the bills are paid. It, it's really easy to trust God when life is good, isn't it? Do you find it difficult to trust God when you don't understand? Do you find it difficult to trust God when there's not enough money in the bank, when it doesn't make sense, and, and maybe you're not healthy or your family's not healthy? To trust that no matter what circumstance you're facing this morning, no matter what problem you woke up with this morning, that God is still in control. Do you believe that? It takes trust, doesn't it? it? takes faith. To believe in the power of prayer Another de definition, reliance on God. Wholeheartedly believing that God is there no matter how difficult the situation. He will deliver the best outcome in his time or in due time. To believe, it's obedience. Another one, obedience. Trusting in God. Do what he says. Again, this idea of obedience and obedience. Dependence and confidence to trust. Let me read for you the, the, the actual dictionary definition. Firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Now here's an interesting definition that is uh, more a, a, a law definition, all right, when we're thinking about law. It says this, confidence placed in a person by making that person the owner of property to be held or used for the benefit of others. Now let's think about that Biblically for a moment, that definition. And let me read it again. Confidence placed in a person by making the person the owner of the property to be held or to use for the benefit of others. Let's, let's change a few words in that. Confidence placed in God by making God the owner of the property slash person to be held or used for the benefit of others. In other words, Trusting God is that my life is not my own. I'm completely surrendered to whatever God wants, that, that whatever God has for my life, whether I understand it, whether I agree with it, whether I like it, if God says it, guess what? God cannot lie. His promises are true. If he wants me to do it, I'm going to do it. That's trust. Do you see the scripture there? Trust God, and it says what? And lean not in your own understanding. And, and I wonder, can I lean in my understanding, my abilities, my capabilities, what I know, my wisdom, can I lean on myself and still trust God? Yes or no? Is that what I do most of the time? Is that what you do most of the time? Yeah. Oh, I trust God, but he needs my help. Right? 
I trust God with that over there, but not with this. It's amazing to me that, that many of us in this room, we've trusted God with our salvation. For by grace you're saved, through faith, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Many of us in this room have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, and we believe, because we placed our faith in Jesus Christ, that a moment of our death, to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord, and we'll spend eternity with God in heaven. Aren't you thankful for that promise? And we've, we've, we have trusted God with our eternity, but where we struggle is trusting God with today and tomorrow. Because the reality is, God needs my help. You guys ever thought that? Probably haven't said it. But let me tell you something. By your actions, you have said that. And, and the reason I know, because I've done it. A lot. Someone put a picture on, uh, on that, the question I asked, define trust in God. And the, and the picture was uh, a kid jumping off of something into the arms of their dad. Dads that have kids or maybe adult kids. You remember when your kids were small enough you could actually catch them? Like I thought about bringing Blake up here and asking him to jump off the stage to see if I could catch him. Uh, I, he would probably have an easier time catching me than me catching him. But I, I got some guys, we're going to show you what trust is, all right? So those guys who are prepared, come on up here. We're going we're gonna to define, picture, and vividly hear this morning what it means to trust God. And here's what I want you to think this morning, all right? Here's what I want you to think about. This morning in your life, Blake, you going to catch me now? All right. So this morning as, as they prepare, you guys quit looking at them, look at me, all right? I'm, I want you to look at me. Here's what I want you to think about. In, in the room this morning, there's people in here right now. There's something that God wants you to, to trust him with. And you're not doing it. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your work. Maybe it's for salvation. And you need to trust God. Do you, do you guys think I can trust them? I thought, about, I thought about running, like stage diving. I don't know. You guys think they can handle this? You guys don't have much confidence in them. You're not giving me any confidence. <clears throat> There's three of you that, that have faith in these guys. Now, you'll notice that I picked, uh, except for Jeff, I picked guys that are on the payroll. Because I figure there's a little incentive to catch me there. Is that wise? All right, I, I'm going to ask this again because I'm really disappointed in you, and I know they're disappointed in you. How many of you believe that they can catch me? All right, there you go. You got some faith. All right. I, now, it doesn't matter what you believe, honestly, because you ain't standing up here looking down. All right. I did this one time with junior high kids. We'll do it with the adults now. All right. Can you guys count with me? All right, we're going to count three, two, one. You guys got me so scared right now. All right, you count with me. Ready? Three, two, one. Oh, man. Yeah, give me a hand. Very good. I, I think somebody grabbed me while I was. Anyways, listen. You know what? Most of us are at this point in our life. And we bail out. 
I've been a part of that exercise many times, and I've watched many people at the last second. They buckle their knees. They swing their arms. They don't ever, they don't trust. And I know it's an interesting picture this morning, but I'm convinced this morning there's some of you in here that God has some, a step for you to take. And God's not going to give you all the answers until you just take the trust. God, whatever it is for you have for my life, I'm placing my life in your hands. I'm no longer the owner. I'm no longer in control. And, and, the, and the reality is that's difficult for most of us. Most of us want to be in control. In fact, I would say almost all of us want to be in control. Some of us are just better at hiding that we want to be in control. And to be able to say, God, I'm leaning not in my own understanding. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what excuse I have. God, if, if I'm completely understanding your will, and this is the next step for me, and this is what backed up by Scripture, then God, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to take the fall, whatever you want. I'm going to trust you. The next one, number two, fear the Lord. So we see here in verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, in everything you do, acknowledge him. He will make your path straighter. He will direct your paths. Verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. And what's the reward? It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. And again, I think about Proverbs chapter 5 last week. The, uh, the admonition, the challenge is flee lust. Flee those things that are, are attacking your heart. Guard your heart. We've been talking about for several weeks. And it says here, if you will guard your heart, if you will protect your heart, if you will depart from evil. Remember Tyler talked about last week. Depending on where you are spiritually really will determine how close or how far away you should stay away from those things. There's some things in my life that I am not tempted by that you guys can't be close to. There's things in your life that you can be close to that I've got to stay a long ways away from. But what is, look, look what it says. Depart from evil, but what's, what's hinging on the fact whether... So we were challenged last week to flee the lust, to get that out of your life, to pursue God, not to pursue the lust of the flesh. All of those things, but what, what's the turning point? What's going to give me the strength and the courage and the ability and the resolve to do the right thing? Because we live in a culture that in every turn we can make the wrong decision, correct? There's plenty of opportunity for us to do the wrong thing. What's the first part of that verse say? Fear the Lord. Here's the reality. We all understand that God loves us and God is merciful and God is just and, and God is um, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. And we, we have preached and preached and preached the love and the mercy of God and you find it all the way in the Old Testament, all the way through the New Testament. God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross to pay the penalty of your sin debt. That's the definition of love, right? God loves us. But in that, I think we've lost the fact that not only is God love, but God is holy. And God is just. And you remember how Jesus described? So we, we've, you, you've probably heard the definition of fear God as to have a reverent awe of who God is. 
How many of you have heard that definition? And that is a definition. That's not a wrong definition, but it's not a complete definition. It's not just having an awe and a respect for God. When, when God says to fear me, guess what he means? It's, it's really going to blow, blow your mind this morning. It means to fear God. Jesus said, why do you fear men who can kill your body? Fear God who can destroy your body and your soul in hell forever. Do you remember as a kid having a proper fear of your dad? Like there were things I chose not to do because I didn't want the consequences or I didn't want to get caught. How many of you were afraid to be caught at something, doing something wrong? And that kept you from doing said wrong thing. I'll be honest, I didn't have much of that fear. Like me and my wife are so totally different. When she was in high school and a bunch of girls, you know, they had this little party and they go out to, uh, they were going to toilet paper, I think, their youth pastor's house. How many of you have ever done that? Okay. I'm not advocating for you to do that to Critter, but it is a part of life. A- anyways. <laughs> Joy hid in the floorboard of the car because she was so scared they were going to get caught. I never hid. I'm just, we'll just leave it at that. You know what? You know what did stop me a few times from doing things I shouldn't do? What's dad going to do when he finds out? You guys ever been told, wait till dad gets home? Yeah, your laughter says, yeah, me. I never doubted that my dad loved me. Well, I may have a few times. I never really doubted that, that he loved me. But I had a healthy fear of his power. And, and the truth is, I don't think that most of us have a healthy fear of God's power. God said, be holy because I am holy. You know, the scripture says that I'm going to give an account for every idle word that I've spoken I am so thankful that my salvation is not dependent on my actions. But I also have to understand that God is a holy, righteous judge. And he wants me to follow his example. And I don't think that we are going to depart from evil until we really fear God. Right? If the consequences aren't bad enough, I don't know if you were like me as a kid. But if I knew the consequences weren't that bad, it was more fun to do what I wanted to do. Are, are you guys tracking with me? Like, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I can deal with the spanking. It's not, you know, I'll, it'll hurt for a little bit, but I'll get over it. Now, when it started affecting what I want to do the rest of the, uh, every night for the next two weeks, month, year, it changed. Do you fear God? God is love, but God is to be feared. Fear God. Turn from evil. The third one, let's continue. So we want to trust the Lord, not yourself. We want to fear the Lord and turn from evil. The third one is honor the Lord through giving. 
as Dave alluded to, verse 9, Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So again, this is understanding of if I truly trust God, if I truly fear God, then guess what? I'm going to honor God. And one of the ways that I can honor God, one of the best ways that I can honor God is through giving. Because the reality is, one of the best ways for me to acknowledge that I trust God and that I fear God is that I give to God. There's more in Scripture about our giving than really any other subject. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there will your what? Heart be also. You can't serve God and money. So when I give of my tithe, it's acknowledging, God, I trust you. It's not mine. It's yours. You're the owner. I'm the manager. It's a way for me to say, God, thank you. I honor you. I thank you. I trust you. I fear you. And because of all that you've given me, 1 Chronicles 29 11 says, I adore you as being in control of all things. Riches and honor come from you alone. It is by your hand that men are made great and given power. In other words, everything that I have was given to me by God. And a way for me to acknowledge that and to acknowledge that I trust him is to give a tithe, to give off the top, the first fruits. So a way to say thank you. So trust the Lord, not yourself. Fear the Lord and turn from evil. Honor the Lord through giving. And then number four, thank the Lord for correction. Thank the Lord for correction. He starts out, verse 1, my son, do not forget. Comes to verse 11. It's almost this, you ever had a serious conversation with your child? The tone lowers. You've been having a conversation and there's a shift, right? Listen, this is serious. My son, heed the direction, the chastising of the Lord, but does anyone like to be does anyone in here like to be punished? I mean if you do, we we can have fun with you, I promise. Why should I love the correction of God? Well, it says cuz it proves you belong to God. L- listen. You need to trust God. You need to fear God. You need to honor God. And when God, when you step out of line and God disciplines you, you should be grateful. You should be grateful that he loves you enough to correct you. The truth is, as a child, I needed a lot of correction. A lot of correction. I can remember one, one time uh, my dad, his office was in the second floor in this corner of the house. I don't remember what I did. It was multiple times, but I, I, I remember him. Uh, he had a, a piece of wood, all right? I would say two by four, but I don't, I'm just making up stuff. A piece of wood. And I just smarted off the whole time as he was giving me a, a swat. Like, I didn't really hurt that bad. Any of you, any of you that stupid? <clears throat> 
couple of you. <clears throat> and he broke the board over me. Like, I felt pretty good about myself. So I smarted off. What are you going to do now? Stupid, right? So I made, a, I made this statement earlier. Smart people learn from their mistakes. Wise people learn from other mistakes. My brother is really wise for watching me grow up. And I remember vividly him walking down the hallway. I could hear every step. He was not happy. We'll put it that way. I could hear every step down the step. I can still picture in mind him going down the hallway. I hear the garage door opening. I hear lumber being stirred around. And I hear all the steps back up. Like wash, rinse, repeat, right? You know what the correction did tell me? Probably not as a 12-year-old that I get it. But my dad loved me. If, if you don't take, so here's a side note, parents. If you don't discipline your kids, do you really love them? I mean, let's be honest here. Whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. Right? So if I don't dis and I'm not telling you to get a two-by-four, all right? Those days may be past. Uh, in fact, I remember when, when my son was like uh, three years old. He's jumping on the bed. It was right over where we lived on Country Creek. We were about to get to do the youth ministry over here. It was a Wednesday night, and we're in a rush. And he's just jumping on the bed, you know. And uh, he hurts Blair. Blair's like a couple months old, laying on the bed. And he jumps up there and basically jumps on top of her, right? And she's screaming, of course. He didn't intend to hurt her, but he's old enough to be able to say, I'm sorry, right? So, Blake, tell you're sorry. No. Stubborn little, I don't know where he got it. Stubborn kid. I give him a little swat. Say you're sorry. No. Another swat. I mean, this happened a lot, okay? Like, at least ten interchanges, okay, if you know what I'm talking about. And finally, I'm like, this is not working, Blake, after church, we're going to get ice cream. If you don't say sorry, you're not getting ice cream. Sorry, Blair. Just like that. Okay. So you've got to know what works, right? Why do I discipline my son? Because I love him. Why did my dad discipline me? Because I'm an idiot. I mean, because he loves me. So here's the underlying assumption that we haven't got to this morning. He started out, my son, and he says, trust the Lord, fear the Lord, honor the Lord. Be thankful for his chastening or his discipline. Here's the assumption that you're a child of God. Remember what we talked about? So when we read, especially the first nine chapters, when it's talking about the father, it's Solomon talking to his son, but it's also applied for us today that the Father is God, the Son is who? People who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, followers of, of Jesus. So the real question before you start following these commands is, is the conversation, are you even a part of the conversation? Because if you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you never uh, trusted him for your salvation, this conversation is not for you. 
So if you're a believer, trust, fear, honor, and be grateful. If you're not a believer, the first thing you need to do, trust the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Here's the reality. You cannot be good enough to get yourself to heaven. I have proven it in my life, I cannot be good enough to get myself to heaven. But Jesus came. He hung on a cross. He was buried. Three days later, he came back to life. So you don't have to be perfect. The scripture says, for by grace you are saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So my question for you this morning is, are you a part of this conversation? Are you a child of God? And, when, and if this morning you don't, the answer is no, I'm not. Or maybe the answer is I'm not sure. It's, it's very simple, it's very clear. The Bible says our sin separates us from God. Romans 3.23 says we've all sinned. And Romans 6.23 says that sin separates us from a holy, righteous God. And if we die in our sins, still trying to make the payment of our sins, we will spend an eternity making the payment for our sins in a place called hell. But God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to pay that penalty of your sin. Romans 10.13, whoever calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. So this morning, if, you, if you're not a part of this conversation, I would encourage you, be a part of the conversation. Place your faith in Jesus Christ, and it says then, God is your father. You're his son. You're his child. I want to ask everybody to close your eyes for a moment this morning. And we ended this message really on those of you who maybe aren't a par- part of the conversation. So I want to ask real quick this morning. Anyone would say, John, as our eyes are closed this morning, anyone would say, John, I've never given my life to Jesus Christ. I'm not a part of this conversation. This conversation is not for me, but I want it to be. I want to place my faith in Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you real, real quickly this morning. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Everyone's eyes are closed. I'm looking around. If that's you this morning, I've never given my life to Jesus Christ. This conversation is not for me, but I want to be a part of this conversation. Would you just put your hand up for a moment? Leave it up for a moment. It's going to take me a while to look around the room. Thank you there in the stadium. Anyone else? Just put your hand up. Another one in the stadium. Thank you. And leave it up for a moment if you can, if you're comfortable with that. Anyone else this morning? A couple of you. Anyone else? I'm looking around, just making sure I don't, I don't want to miss anyone. Thank you. You can put your hands down. The, the truth is you may have had your hand up and I didn't see it. It's, that's not the important thing. God's, God sees you. God knows your name. God had a plan for you to be here this morning to hear this message because he wants you to be a part of the conversation. I'm going to ask you right where you're seated this morning. I'm going to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you would like to repeat that prayer after me, this is not you talking to us. We're not that important. It's you talking to God. It's you surrendering your life to God and saying, God, I want to be a part of that conversation. I want to be a child of God. Then I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to challenge you right now where you're seated when I pray that you would just repeat these words after 
me. You can say them out loud if you like. You can say them silently. We don't have to hear you. This is you talking to God. Repeat after me. Dear Lord, I realize today that I'm a sinner. I realize today that Jesus died for my sins. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to save me. I want to be a child of God. That's it. As their eyes are closed again and and remain closed for a moment, if you pray that prayer this morning, I would ask you, would you put your hand up again? I just want to pray for you. If that's you, thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? So for everyone, in a moment, in a moment we're going to stand and we're going to continue in worship. You can put your hands down this morning, but we're going to continue in worship in a moment. And maybe you're new here, so I want to explain to you what's about to happen. We're going to have some of our leaders, they're going to be standing up here and they're going to be facing you. In a moment we're going to stand and it's, it's your opportunity if you would like to come pray with one of them. Just walk up to them and shake their hand and let them know what you want to pray about. If you'd like to come forward this morning and just kneel down and pray and be alone with God, then just walk up and kneel and pray. We want to pray with you if you want us to pray with you. So just walk up and shake someone's hand. There'll be ladies up here, there'll be men up here. But I want to challenge those few of you this morning that raised your hand, that you prayed that prayer. I'm going to challenge you. In a moment, we're going to stand. Would you come forward? There'll be ladies up here. There'll be men up here. They'll be facing you. Just shake their hand and say, I prayed that prayer today. They'll know what you're talking about. They'll show you through some scripture. And they want to celebrate with you. That today, right there where you're seated, you gave your life to Christ. For the rest of us this morning, we challenged you earlier. What in your life are you struggling to trust God with? The same for you this morning, in a moment we're going to stand. If you'd like one of us to pray with you, we would be glad to do that. If you want to just come give it to God and be alone with God, you're more than welcome to do that. God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for those in here this morning that have prayed to receive the gift of salvation. Lord, I pray you would give them the courage in a moment when we stand to come forward and tell someone about that. Lord, for the many in here this morning that are struggling with all kinds of areas in their life of trusting you, God, they don't see you, they don't feel you, they don't hear you, they're worried, they're anxious, they're stressed. Lord, may today they just surrender it to you. Be anxious for nothing. Pray about everything. Would you stand with us this morning? Dave's going to lead us in a song of worship. Only trust him this morning.